Welcome to Reframe Your Life. I'm Joanne Gibson. And I'm Sandy Reynolds. Together, we bring you our podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives thoughtfully and with intention. On our episodes, we explore diverse topics relevant to all areas of our lives. Hi, Life Reframers, and welcome to a very special episode. And it's a special episode for a number of reasons, one of them being publishing of this episode during this week marks our two-year anniversary. So reframe your life, Sandy. We are two years old. Yay! Confetti, (laughs) champagne popping, balloons. (laughs) What a journey. What a journey it has been. And when we set out, I don't know what you expected, Sandy. Did you expect to make the two-year mark? Like, I didn't even think about it, to be honest. I thought we'd have a talk show by now, but... (laughs) I thought Oprah would pick us up and, you know, we'd be, <laughs> I don't know. I remember how, how scary it was starting and, and, you know, it was daunting to launch into a podcast. So I think it's amazing that we've recorded this many episodes and connected with so many amazing people in the last two years. It's been, it's fun. Yeah, it's true. 78 episodes and we've had some breaks in between, which is, I think enabled us to continue and have that longevity. We're super excited and now we're in the terrible twos, right? So right. we expect <laughs> some tantrums. Expect more, of that, more of that explicit, what is it? Explicit? Yes, we'll have yes. to mark more of our ex- episodes explicit on iTunes. So yes, we're definitely oh, in the terrible twos now for sure. So we're, you know, we're toddlers now. And of course, the other reason I am excited to bring you this episode, and it's very fitting, and it sounds like we planned it, but we totally didn't, (laughs) is that I am interviewing Sandy today. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Joanne. This is going to be a great episode. Oh, look at you. (laughs) Love it. Love it. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that Sandy and I have already hit our two-year mark of our Reframe Your Life podcast. And I would like to say, Sandy, that I think the fact that we talk about reframing our lives has got you to start thinking about reframing your business over the last few years. You're so right. We talk about how our podcast, we often say we do it for us, not for anyone else, because... (laughs) We get so much out of the guests that we interview and the topics that we research to, to discuss on our, on our episodes. So I am sure and I'm confident that I've been doing some reframing of my own as a result. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, it just keeps it at the forefront, doesn't it? So it does. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that Sandy has had a long and extensive career in order, organizational leadership development and has been reframing and basically realigning her business into what she wants it to be now. And it's moving to working with women around spiritual alignment. So today we're calling this podcast Reframe Your Spirituality. And I love that title because for me, someone who kind of hears the word spirituality, I put it in the same category as meditation. I have that like, oh, you know, like... (laughs) I'm not that person. What does that mean? What does that mean? However, I know because we have done on our podcast, we've, we've done a lot around the spirituality and something we did develop was our reframe your life life wheel. 
And one of the sections was spirituality. And I remember talking in that podcast about you encouraging me to reframe spirituality to what it means for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much looking forward to interviewing you around this this new piece and, and this new alignment for your business because I know I'm going to get a lot out of it. And we're also kind of like reintroducing your business to our listeners. I'm looking forward to hearing how you define uh, spirituality, Sandy, and what you're working on now and help you, how you help women. Yes, I've done a few reinventions in my life. And I feel like in some ways, this one is coming back or coming home to something that's been a theme in my personal life. And I feel like the timing is just right for me, for my age, for the stage of life I'm in and the stage in my career that I'm at. And I'd been struggling with it for a while because it was something that I was really drawn to, but it felt a little bit out there to actually say, I want to work with women around helping them become aligned spiritually in their lives. Because a lot of people are are coming from a place like you where they kind of don't relate to that and they feel like, oh, you know this is going to get really weird and woo woo and, or really religious, you know, or really like, I don't know where this is going to go. And it was actually our vision board session in, um, was that November? I think it was in November. Yeah. November or December. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a group of women get together and we did a vision boarding session and the conversation around that table was really deep and very rich. And we got into a lot of things because we were looking at vision that had to do with more of the spiritual side of people's lives. And I remember leaving that feeling like this is what I want to do. I want to work with women to really get deep into who they are and what's important to them. And I decided to shift my business into that that area, someone had given me, said to me, oh, I think you should call yourself a spiritual doula. And I thought about that for a while. And then I thought, I I just don't know if that's, if I'm ready to embrace that title, but I would call myself a spiritual coach right now. I think that's where I've landed. And I'm really excited about helping women, as I said, align their lives. Yeah, and a lot of the conversation, I mean, we we both brought people from our lives together. So a lot of those people around the table were people who you had met before and had, I'm going to say, God in common, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. I'm making an assumption that I'm not necessarily someone Sandy would serve, but that's just my assumption. Mm-hmm. Can we just jump in here and just – can you just – Talk to me a little bit more about religion and spirituality. Can we just go there first? Sure. So why don't I tell a little bit about my background? I've probably talked a little bit about it on on our podcast in the past two years. Maybe some people have put together the pieces. (laughs) I, um, I wasn't really brought up in an overly religious home. You know, my mom, when I was in my teens, started going to church and, but my dad's never gone to church. So I didn't really have like that kind of background. But in my twenties, I joined a church and got very involved in, uh, 
in religion. So I called, you know, I was part of a, a Christian church. I married, um, my husband was a pastor and we worked full time in a church for like 25 years. And it was a big part of my life. And so I would say that spirituality and faith and religion have always been a part of my life, like my adult life for sure. So I would say religion for me is different than spirituality. So spirituality, I I love Brene Brown's definition actually of spirituality, and I'm just going to use it. It's she says that Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. So I love that. I think that people who are spiritual and who consider themselves spiritual are people who understand and believe that there is a higher power They may call it all different things, you know, based on their religion or based Mm -hmm. on something else. It could be God, it could be source, it could be divine, but um, it could be Allah, it could be whatever. But they believe that there is a higher power at work in our world and that within that, we are all connected to each other. And when I say all, I don't mean just people. I would include all of nature in that equation as well. So everything that everything is connected. Religion for me is around sort of the, um, the beliefs, the specific beliefs that people have around that connections. Also sort of, sort of the dogma, the doctrines, the, um, behaviors, sort of the, the groups that they belong to. Those are all the religious pieces. So how, how they live out their spirituality could be religious. It could, it could take the form of a religion, if that makes sense. Um, okay. Yeah, it does make sense. So there could be other ways that I'm sure you'll delve into in how we might live out spirituality, which I think is Something you said to me a while ago, you know, perhaps yoga is your way of being connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but- yoga is a deeply spiritual practice, mm. you know, I, I, depending, of course, on who's teaching it, right? So yeah. it, it can be very, very rooted and grounded in connecting with something bigger and deeper, or it can be just a physical exercise, depending, really depending on who's at the front of the room leading. Mm. So because you've been involved in religious entities, I guess I could say for, mm-hmm. well, a long time over. Yeah. <laughs> something happened. And I know you're using the term a spiritual crisis. Mm-hmm. So tell us, is that where you would come in and support someone? I guess if you like. So I love how, and also I love how you explained it. Connection to a power that is greater than any of us. Mm-hmm. And that power can be Mother Nature. I mean, we had Mary's episode a number of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and she was connecting to the feminine power of Mother Nature. Yes. Through her gardening and landscape design. So that could be very powerful too. So in my own life about seven or eight years ago, I went through a spiritual crisis where I realized that I no longer believed 
in the same way where I didn't feel like mm-hmm. the things that I had really been a part of my life for the majority of my adult life where they no longer made sense or I no longer felt like I could go along with them. And I started what I call deconstructing, like sort of pulling apart and really questioning a lot of of those beliefs. And it's a very difficult thing to go through on your own. Like it's, it can Mm -hmm. be very challenging and there's not always a lot of support to have those conversations. So I, I define a spiritual crisis when you experience a drastic change to your meaning system. So it could be your purpose, your goals, your values, your attitude and beliefs, your identity, or the focus of your life. And it often occurs through an awakening to a new or deeper understanding of the world around you. And so I started going through that where I started really questioning some of the things that I had taken for granted and started stepping away from some of those more religious aspects of my faith. And I still consider myself to be a person with a deep faith, but I don't participate in the same kind of religious structures that I once did. Um, so I think what I'm, what I realized is when you go through these experiences, it can feel very isolating and very alone because the community, if you've been part of a community, there can be a lack of support in that community when you start to question the things that they as a group have built themselves on. People can feel very threatened and you can be excluded from the group. So I just, I'm going to tell you, the other night I watched a program, I think it was W5, it's a Canadian program, and they were looking at a very huge global religious organization, and um, that organization uses shunning as a way to keep people from leaving the group. So if you are a part of that group, and you decide you don't agree with something, then you are cut off from your community. And my, actually my, my, um, aunt by second marriage, her, um, son's wife joined that group and he and left her husband and my aunt and her son have never been allowed to see her grandchildren and his children. Like the group just has cut him off because he's not part of that group. And they cannot see, he can't see his children. So I experienced my own version of that, not nearly that extreme, but definitely people who had been in my my life for 20 years when I ran into them in the grocery store or in the mall or whatever, they would just walk by me and ignore me. They just would have nothing to do with me. And so you can imagine if you're going through a shift and there's no one for you to talk about and you don't have any support it can be very lonely and isolating and it's the gap that I want to help people through, you know, um, how do you navigate that? How do you change without really losing the things that are important to you? How do you hold on to the things that are, and how do you know what to just leave behind? (laughs) So as you're talking, Sandy, I'm kind of, thinking, well, maybe I do need your service. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a Catholic school 
for 10 years. So I grew up in a small country town from grade one. We were grade one to grade 10, so the first three years of high school. I remember walking myself to church on a Sunday and only doing that because I was so shit scared of turning up to school on Monday and the nuns went to every single classroom and you had to put your hand up if you were at church or not at church, whichever way they asked the question, and they would say, and don't you lie because I was there and I know if you were there or not. And and they literally told us if we didn't go to church, we'd go to hell. Wow. So I think that's when I had my little spiritual crisis. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I'm like, okay, here's this, because I was this sweet, innocent little kid until great, you know, doing all my communion and confirmation and believing God or this religious entity to be one thing. And, and so then, of course, what did I do as soon as I left grade 10? I just turned my back on the whole system. Right. Right, turn my back on the whole system. Yeah, I I would think that even as a child, like a young, you know, grade seven, mm. you intu- trying to make sense. In- yeah, right? you trying intuitively knew that there was something wrong yeah. about measuring your worth and your value to God, or in this case, to God based on attendance. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that, that you probably knew that there was something wrong in that scenario. But you, yeah. be, but you got, but you lived. So I know so many people who actually are in systems like that because they, they are afraid to leave because of the repercussions of leaving. Right. You know, one of the, the women's who has really helped me is an author named Sue Monk Kidd, and she wrote The Dance of the Dissonant Daughter. And um, she says, I'm just going to quote her, because she says, this marvelous and often not so marvelous dismantling actually goes on at two levels, inner and outer. On the outer level, it means confronting patriarchal patterns externally within marriage, religion, culture, and career. And on the inner level, it means confronting the voices of patriarchy that you've internalized. And, you know, those religious mm. systems like the church that you were talking about, they are at their root patriarchal. And I, I know within them that there, there are pockets of, of people who are doing things that are not, um, that don't reflect that, but, as young women, I think many of us really internalize some of those voices. And because your family wasn't part of it, it was probably mm. a good thing. So you can imagine if your family was reinforcing that message to you all the time. It's like some of the kids in your class whose families yes. went to church every Sunday. It would be harder for them to walk away from that. Right. Yeah. I don't want to by any means bash the system, but that's that was my experience. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad you've explained that I relate spirituality to a religion, which clearly is not the right thing to do. And some people will, and that's how they, what did you say? That's how they enact their spirituality, and mm-hmm. that's fine for them. I shouldn't turn my back on spirituality just because I've turned my back on a certain religion. Right. Is what and, I'm trying to say. So, and so for me, I've had to sort those two out. So, yeah. you know, I believe yeah. that, um, 
that Jesus in the religion I was a part of, or still believe in Jesus, I -hmm. think that his whole message was against religion, you know, like, but a whole religion got built on top of his message, Mm -hmm. which is kind of ironic, you know, that it became its own religion. But at the time, his whole, like, if you read his message, it was, it was mostly speaking out against religious systems. So it's it's hard to sort it out, Joanne, like, because, Mm. and so it's interesting that you said you don't want to bash any religious system. (laughs) And that's one of the places where we get stuck. So how do we have honest conversations with the people around us who may still be in those systems about our changing beliefs without them feeling attacked? or without us feeling like we're bashing them, you know? So we tend to um, really internalize a lot of our thoughts around this. And in fact, we're taught that, you know, you don't talk about religion, politics, and taxes. And (laughs) is it taxes? No, taxes are the death thing. Sorry. It's religion and politics, I think, are the two things you're not supposed to talk about. And I think we talk a lot more about politics now. And I think it's okay to have an open conversation about our spiritual journeys without feeling like someone's that we're going to be bashing someone who believes differently than us. Yes, because we're all different. Yeah, we're we're absolutely all different. And I think spirituality in Canada, well, what I've experienced in terms of people living out their spirituality through a church system in Canada is way big, bigger than Australia. Right. It's just not as prominent there. Now I haven't lived there for a long time and I was brought up in a small country town. It, it doesn't seem to be as prominent. And But I think the diversity, I would hope the diversity of religious systems in Australia is as diverse as it is now in Canada and the US. Well, it's interesting so. you bring up culture because I think we have a lot of listeners in the US and I think that a lot of um, politics and religion totally overlap in the US in a way that yes. they don't in Canada. So I would imagine for for women who are struggling to maybe redefine or um, deconstruct some of their beliefs in an American culture, it may be even more difficult. Or I'm, my mom's from Ireland and culturally uh. there, you're either Catholic or Protestant. Like, is this just an assumption? Like, I, yeah. you know, which is, it is an assumption. I'm sure there are atheists and there are people who don't believe one way or the other, but culture plays a big part. In religion, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Cambodia, which is, you know, uh, predominantly Buddhist. And, um, those things are, can be very deeply ingrained in us from our upbringing and, and just the world around us. So if spirituality is about a belief in a connection or a power greater than self, I'm not sure I believe that. Mm hmm. I'm smiling when you say that because I remember yeah. when we were at, at uh, Royal Roads, one of the songs that you really liked was We're All in This Together. Yes. And so there was this, you know, that song was just so much about us being interconnected and, and right. interdependent. Right. And so I think that maybe that's more for you. Yes. Where I see it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. So, so I guess I, one thing I could do is work with you to see what 
to unpack that and see what it means to me. Because my other song, of course, that was for many of us was Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, oh my I gosh. Into that one, didn't I? <laughs> Journey. Oh my God. We should have that on at the end of the podcast. Yes, we're going to have to play it. Will we get in trouble? I love it. That's so funny. Okay, so what does it look like? If I move away from my blame of this Catholic (laughs) system and I unpack that, like what are some other options? Well, and that's part of the journey that I would work with you to unpack. You know, I think it's about really looking deeply at your values and what gives you meaning in life. And, and what do you believe sort of the bigger story is about why we're here, what uh, your role is? Like, I think all of those things. Yeah. And, and I think most of us ask those kinds of existential questions at some time in our life. So what's the point of all of this? Like, why are we even here? Or is there, is it just random? Is there any point? So I think it's about really looking into those questions and saying, you know, what, what are your values? What, what's the story that you have around that, that helps you to make sense and make meaning in your life? And then, you know, what are some of your beliefs and practices around that? And sometimes it's about looking for new practices to help support new beliefs and, um, shedding a light on where people get stuck in in their lives so are you for me I got stuck for a long time in really addressing with the people closest to me that I no longer believe the same way because I knew Mm. that was going to change things and you know I'm a people pleaser Mm. and so I got really stuck on that and I had to kind of work through that um, and get some courage to have a conversation and tell people that I was really done and stepping away from what had been a big part of my life before. And that, that takes a certain amount of resolve. And it's, it's similar to any big change in your life, Joanne. Like it's, it's the coaching stuff that you do with clients. Mm. Only I'm really focusing on the spiritual side of a person. You have a lot of people in your life and very close in your life who this would have been a big deal for them to hear that from you. Well, I think so, the hardest one for me, I'm just going to jump in, was I had a friend who is very, is very kind of, uh, has a higher profile in that world and that I used to be a part of. And she hired me as a consultant, but she told me that she didn't want anyone to know that I was consulting for her because she mm. was worried about her reputation. And so that was a bit of an ouch. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, she was saying to me, like, it was a little bit of a slap on my hand, like, I'm still going to hire you to consult in my work, but I can't have anyone know because you're like, not one of us. And if people Mm. knew I hired you, I would get pushback. Mm. Yeah. So it was hard. Yeah. 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 So I can see that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. So that there's, um, yeah, there's been a lot of things like that have that happened to me. And I think it's been a slow letting go and having conversations with people. And I think my own process has been slow. You know, I started asking questions about things and, 
And um, as I did, sort of, an, there was another layer underneath that I'd have to deal with. So there was, there's been a progression. It didn't happen all at once. I think over probably the last five years, I've become much clearer and much more confident around who I am and what I believe. And so it's less threatening to me now. And I did find people who had been on a similar journey who were able to support me. I would say Brene Brown is one of them. Like, I think she writes so much about spirituality in a very healthy, non-religious way. Yeah. And, and a lot of her books around shame and, and, um, and courage and being brave were very helpful for me. And I know through your journey, you tried different religious systems to, cause to, mm-hmm. to, uh, try out the different faith, I guess, to continue to practice your spiritual journey that way. I don't know what you've landed on there, but what are some of the pra- like what are some of the other practices people could do if they're not wanting to go and practice spirituality through like a, a religious church system? or yeah. something like that. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So I I don't I'm not a part of a church anymore and um I think it took me about 5 years of like going once a month, once every 6 months, once every to realizing oh I don't go anymore. <laughs> so yeah, right. it was I just kind of eased out of it that way. Um but I have you know I think there's lots of practices that really for each one of us those practices will look different. So I mm. as you know I love reflection. So I really like to journal and um, do some reflection on on what's bringing meaning into my life. Where do I feel myself being really drawn in into something? Where do I find myself feeling distressed and really paying attention to those things? And um, another huge one for me is walking a labyrinth. And it's kind of a ritual that I do maybe about three times a year. And I seek them out wherever I am if I'm traveling. But I like this um, kind of ritual of walking a labyrinth and really focusing on when I walk in a labyrinth, I think about what do I need to let go of in my life mm. and more like like maybe forgiving people or more of the things that I would consider spiritual um, things that I need to do. And then on the way out, I think what kinds of things do I want to bring into my life? So maybe it's practicing gratitude or prayer or meditation. Um, so I work with people to look at different spiritual practices. I, there's a whole realm of them. Yeah. So I'm even thinking, um, just going back to our Mary episode that you, you, cause you mentioned a connection, including the environment and nature. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like gardening, but I don't view it as a spiritual practice. If I wanted to, that would, could be an area I could explore. Like, cause of course I'm, it's just all about, well, it, you know, the, the weeds need to be pulled and the, <laughs> and the stuff needs to be trimmed or whatever, you know, more that practical sense. But, yeah. but I often, I often reflect during those times just sitting there thinking about whatever I'm thinking about and getting my hands dirty and being connected with the earth and stuff like that. But that could be something that someone came up with, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I I was reading something this week in a book by this woman, Toko Pa Turner, her name is, and she has a book on belonging. And she did this thing about connection that maybe you could relate to this, but she talked about... um taking this book and then thinking that she had written 
thinking about how those words were on paper that had once been a part of a tree that had once been mm. part of a forest that, you know, how the, this book has us connected to nature. But then she said, and then within the book are the words, which are her story and how her history and her, her life and how we've connected to her through this. And then she said, and then there's another layer of connection within the book and that's language and how the history of language and our words and where they came from and what they mean. And after I read this paragraph, I was like, wow, that's a lot of connection when you just stop and notice it. But we, and so I think gardening does that for you. It's a time to just stop and, and kind of focus on one thing and feel connected to mm. yourself and to the land. And I think that good spiritual practices can help us in supporting us and reminding us that we are connected, that there is a connection in our lives to people, to the land, to each other, to mm. language, to whatever. I think the timing is right. You were talking earlier about people start to question what is life all about. And, and honestly, I think I just reflect on the world that we have right here and right now and feeling like we've turned a corner and are starting to go backwards mm. just in progress of attitudes and values and connection, connectedness, to be honest, and just and, and acceptance. And I guess it's because I think, why is this work important? You know, mm. I think it is because we're at a time now where people are starting to question everything. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, I, I believe that a lot of depression and anxiety in our world is rooted in that. Like we've lost connection. We've lost connection with, mm. with our own values and what's important. And we've lost connection with a bigger, a bigger story and a bigger picture in, in our world. So, you know, um, we buy our food in a grocery store and it's all packaged. So we have mm. no connection to the land. So how do we feel connected to nature? So how do we value the environment when we, we don't, aren't making those links between our everyday life and, and the way we're living and what's happening globally? And I think on some level, just like you as a little girl going to church on your own felt that there's something wrong with this picture. I think that mm. lots of us are living in that space of um, there's something not aligned in how I'm living and with what's really important. And we've, we do focus very much on our own lives. And um, that's what I want to do. I want to, uh, to yeah. help us really begin to live truthfully, to live honestly, to say, you know, I really care about the environment. So that's something that I feel is a source of spirituality or, or of connection for mm. me. And so how do I live that? Like, how am I going to make choices to align my life and to really be a person who has that kind of coherent, this is who I am and this is how I live? What programs and services are you deciding to offer now? How would people know they should kind of reach out to you? So I think, you know, when I, when I talked about people being in a crisis, I think crisis mm. often call us, um, into 
questioning our lives and our way of living. So it might be divorce or illness or job loss or, you know, financial pressures, but we start to really ask questions about how we're living. It can be midlife. It could be a midlife Mm. crisis where you start to like really look at your own mortality and start to think about what's really important in my life. So I think if, if someone's listening and they're asking those questions or maybe they've been part of or are still part of some kind of religious organization, but they have this kind of feeling where mm. I go here and I participate, but I don't really feel like I believe everything they say and they want to explore that or talk about that or go through some kind of um, uh, journey in really figuring out what they believe. Those are the kind of people that, that I'm working with. And so I, it, I do call it spiritual coaching and I'm doing a lot of one-on-one coaching and I'm looking at offering some self-directed learning within that. So, you know, aside from working with me one-on-one, I'm hoping in the next six months to have something that you could download and work through on your own if you're a reflective person and that would bring value to you. And I also do speaking. So if there's a community group or women's group that would be interested in talking about some of the steps to becoming more spiritually aligned in their lives, I, I would be definitely interested in speaking to a group about those kinds of ideas as well. Oh, I love that, Sandy. Thank you. Wow. What a journey you've been on. Hey, and it's not a quick journey. No. No, you know, it's, it is a coming back because in my early twenties, I actually worked for an organization that helped people come out of cults. Like this was like Ah. a a whole like thing that I did and not only worked at it, I actually started it with Brian and we, we had this organization where we helped support families who had members in cults. So some of those more alienating cults um, of the 70s and 80s. And um, so I feel like in some ways it was there a long time ago. And I've always wanted to help people live truthfully. And it's really hard in our world to live truthfully, no matter what you believe. It's hard to really be open and honest and have the courage to live your life according to the things that you value and believe. Mm, yeah, and I think because you've gone through that journey yourself, you know, you, you'll you be able to offer a, a lot of uh, empathy and support and but also nudging and coaching to help people really live truthfully in their life. And you've got it around. I mean, your husband is a pastor you know so and you're still married you know you've had those courageous conversations we have and that's that's another thing that's been difficult to navigate you know but we've we've done it and we've we have given each other the space to do what we feel like we need to do I really really like that so people can get touch with you on your website sandyreynolds.com everything's there so you can email me you can check out the spiritual coaching program that I have and sign up for my newsletter and I'll be sending out some resources to help you as you go through your own journey.
Thank you. I think uh, I might need to uh, get, off, get, get off this and have another conversation with you as I work through my spiritual journey. I love it. Thank you, Joanne. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. All right, Life Reframers, check Sandy's website out and uh, as always, provide us with your comments, your feedback. We're always interested in what you've got to say and what thoughts you've got. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.